All right, guys, on this episode of the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast, I get to sit down with the top mortgage guys of Canada. Yeah, you heard me right. The top mortgage people of in all of Canada. That's Dave Butler and Daniel Patton from the Butler Mortgage Team. Not only are they business partners, they're actually best friends. They've known each other for years. So this conversation goes deep as to like from their childhood, how they grew up together and how they ended up going down different paths, but circling back together and teaming up. Dave kind of pulling Dan into to what he was working on and that's how they created the Butler Mortgage Team. And just like any other entrepreneur starting out, they hustle their face off all the way to get to the top, which is always super cool. And they share a lot of their insider secrets of how they built what they built. And it's probably not what you think. The, the plan is pretty simple, but it's very hard to follow, in a, especially in the real estate and mortgage world. Now, they mainly work with real estate investors and they teach people how to build some sick ass real estate portfolios from small little ones from one to three properties to some big heavy hitting real estate portfolios with 10 to 20 plus properties and that's pretty cool if you ask me now dan's also pretty old school he's not pretty he's not active on the socials so much but you can hit up dan at uh, in his instagram and twitter handles are dp or at dp mortgages for instagram and twitter and their main team website is davebutler.ca and if you have any real estate questions if you want to know how to build a portfolio from one to three properties or if you want to become one of those heavy hitters hit them up ask them any questions i'm, I'm sure you won't be disappointed anyway enjoy this conversation this fireside chat i have with dave butler and daniel pat we're here in a very secret location i'm going to tell where we are but uh uh, I'm sitting with the top mortgage guys in the country. Do we, in, look, we don't look in like the, it today. I don't in know. The, so. in Definitely the, don't in look the like fucking it. country. <laughs> so, and I like it better like this. We're informal. We're, we're friends. So I appreciate the sit down. And uh, we're just here for a quote unquote fireside chat. Let's take it back to the good old days when weed was not legal. And uh, <laughs> when you guys first got into the game, um, we've, been, we've been chatting off, off air for a bit. Um, Dave, let's start with you. Where are you from? Like, did you, were you born here in Mississauga? I was born in Calgary. Uh, Calgary. My dad uh, <laughs> was working in a bunch of different jobs. So we were all over. I think I was in, I was in like five different provinces Holy for, shit. until I got to age five. And then age five, um, ended up Mississauga. Yeah. And uh, that's actually, it's a weird story. Believe it or not, Dan and I met each other before we even knew it. Like, we, we realized when we were teenagers that we had met each other as yeah. little kids. Holy shit. Our really? backyards, like, yeah. back down Our, to each other. Apparently. I mean, we just, we only, we, we figured out that we knew each other from a situation. Like, I had run through a plate grass. I, I had run through the screen door. And I guess that was, like, a, a big thing. <laughs> and the like, neighbor has a big story. The whole story neighborhood, like, neighborhood. Oh, I was all cut up and stuff. But I guess that's one day I was telling the story to Dan. He's like... That was you. Anyways, oh, wow. Was, we, we realized, but yeah, I was five years old. I got to... Those Ontario. screen doors were real metal, though. Well, you know what it was? I ran... I think I think I, I think I just thought it would open, yeah. and it didn't. And it just I, hands I, through. I oh, one of these right through, and it cut, cut me all up. So yeah. Neighborhood story. That's yeah, really funny. Ontario since I was five, and then yeah. just all over the place, like in Ontario, right? Like now I'm in Hamilton, and, yeah. or up north, whichever way you want to yeah. call my... And then you went to high school at St. Martin's? Yeah, so I, I went to a public school, um, Queenston Drive. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's I played ball there, too, on, like, random <laughs> Thursday nights, small yeah. little gym. That was... Uh, that's that right was, by Woodlands, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, cause that's what I, did. I was supposed to go to Woodlands, um, but, like, I thought I might be a hockey star. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, I was, we were playing. We were playing pretty high-level hockey. 
Yeah. And uh, Woodlands didn't have a hockey team. Oh, shit. My mom was half Catholic. Yeah. So I, at the time, what, I was What does like, half Catholic mean? You have one to of her parents was into... one of her parents was Catholic. Yeah. Oh yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. day so you had to be Catholic parents, to so go to a Catholic school. It turned out yeah. I then got a half Catholic designation because my mom was half Catholic. So yeah. I was actually able to go to St. Martin's. Yeah. Um and to be quite honest, it's that was same and a weird thing. If I didn't go to St. Martin's, if I would have went to Woodlands, there's no way I end up even in the spot I am now because in Queenston Drive I mean I was just a troublemaker yeah bad kid that classic yeah Woodlands was known to be that too well, and I would have been going to high school with all the my same, same group of people that I was causing trouble with so yeah. I don't know what it was but I kind of knew I shouldn't go there yeah and uh the hockey thing was just like an excuse to go to a new school but that I mean and then you go to a new school and you have to that begin that whole new thing with friends and stuff like that. But yeah, I went to St. Martin's and then uh, from St. Martin's, I went to university of Toronto. Uh, oh, you actually went to university. Yeah. I went to university. You and got then, sucker uh, into university. <laughs> oh, no, it's true. Program, I look back on it. I'm like, is, Oh man, that was a lot of waste. I mean, for what? Ecom? Bcom. The Bcom. Bachelor, yeah, the bachelor of Commerce. Oh, I was like, which B- is, you have to apply to get in. You got to be high yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, like, that. So you're actually smart. I told you he's like good um, hunting. Oh, good I only hunting. got I only got smart in the end though. Actually, like I, I don't think I don't even want to call myself smart, but I mean I I actually got sixty fives and seventies in okay. like grade nine and ten, and yeah. then grade 11, 12, 13 was just weird. I started like you found your groove. I don't know what it was, but my no, I I, <laughs> I, mean, I know I know parents. I know what, I know what it, I I have a feeling I know what it was, but uh, no, I just grade eleven, grade twelve, and thirteen, I just started figuring stuff out, man. Nice, just actually wanted to learn, so um, that's cool, and that's in St. Martin's. That was at St. Martin's, yeah. So and then went to university. Was it a teacher? You think it was like? Because I have a few teachers in my head that if I didn't meet them, I definitely would have got suspended multiple times. No, you know what? I'll be I'll be straight, and uh, if it airs, it airs. Um, I grade eleven was the first time that I had tried marijuana with my friends, and I can't. I I, I say this to this day. I've told my kid this. I've told my wife. Told my parents this. Something about using marijuana. It felt like my brain all of a sudden went from, and it just like shake and then. And it just went in. And it was like everything just started making sense. And that's the craziest that. thing. And then all of a sudden yeah. I started getting A's. It was that's the crazy. In most insane thing. Like, well, I, at that just, point you can maybe sit in school because if it's ADD or if it's anxiety, it, it can help you focus. Well, and yeah. I didn't even, but it was that, that was back terms in the day. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't smoke marijuana during the week. It was just oh, a yeah, weekend thing, enough. but it was just the fact. But you right felt the calmness. Whatever it was did something to my brain. And I say this because like people say like, marijuana is no no help it's bad for you it's like yeah whatever it is there's going to be a study they do at some point where they're going to find that there were teenagers that used it that whether their brain was just running rampant yeah and whatever and it focused them that's what it did i i was never diagnosed with add or any of that stuff yeah but whatever it is it just made my brain start to act normal i was not interested in causing trouble now i was interested in learning yeah. Oddly enough, it sounds very weird. I loved math all the sudden. I loved yeah, all these. It was just crazy. crazy. So then <laughs> it was like, okay. And then my dad had said, well, you got to go to university and get a degree. So I was like, okay, well, you know, you went to OAC, which was grade 13. Yeah. And uh, I got a high enough average to get into U of T. And then in first year of U of T at that 
campus at St. St. Toronto and St. George, yeah. you have to battle it out with uh, 1,500 other people for 150 spots into the program. Shit. And then I ended up <laughs> making it into the top 150. So I got into the program and then that was it. Holy so smokes. after that, um, my dad was running a mortgage business and I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, my buddies, I think Dan was working at the time at a restaurant. I You're was like, and I was like, what am I going to do? So, um, I went and I worked with my dad for a bit. And then, uh, eight months later, Did I Did you have was, your mortgage license already? No, I just okay. went and worked. So he, my dad was actually, he had just started his business maybe four or five years ago at the time. He was in insurance before, yeah. um, all of a sudden he was in doing mortgages and my little brother had gone right from high school to work with my dad. Um, so when I was done with university, uh, I went there and just started working. I mean, yeah. we didn't even get paid anything. We were just, it was Learning. just what we did. We just went into dad's office and learned how to do mortgages. And um, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it, it was what got us here yeah. today. Yeah. You know what I mean? With, with sure. our business. So, um, but yeah, so after that. Eight months, I think it was eight, eight or ten months later. I was, I had left my dad's, and I was an actual mortgage broker, or mortgage agent. Yeah. And uh, the company I was with said, "You're on your own. You're now mortgage agent. Go and build your business." So <laughs> go shoot, shoot, eat no salary, <laughs> no salary, yeah, no nothing. Just, just congrats, your, you're an agent. Congrats, yeah. go bring us business now. So that's crazy. Um, and then it was, I mean. My first year, um, he had no fear though, man. This, he was going yeah. to like the top real estate agents in Mississauga in his first year as a mortgage yeah. broker with no fear, sitting in front of them <laughs> to get business. That's awesome, you know. And you don't, I guess, you don't really see it like in the time because you're like, what's stopping me from doing it? Yeah, you oh, don't I have anything to lose. Time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what are you gonna lose? Like, I'm I sleep in my parents' house. Like, yeah, my yeah. parents are buying me food. Like, yeah. I mean, what do you have to lose, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, after the first year. Um, I won Rookie of the Year at Mortgage Intelligence. Nice. Um, Con- that's a nationwide award too. It was oh like, wow! You know, yeah, we did. I did. I think. That's I think I did really seventeen cool. million dollars in volume, which that's how we in mortgage business. That's yeah, how that's you a lot. Get, that's your measurement. So we were at seventeen million. Um, I think it was seventy-one deals or something like that. So uh, holy shit! And I think that's probably when I started to realize I was like, oh okay. This is like I'm building a business. Yeah, and gone to a little uh, bit of right away, I was like, okay, well, I gotta get my boy Dan on this. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it, we we were always together, whether yeah. it was uh, bookmaking when we were kids, whatever else we were doing as kids, we were always whether it was yeah. hockey, hockey. I mean, yeah. it was all we were sports always together. Out. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, so I brought Dan in, and Dan started doing it part time while he was working. Uh, I mean, Dan was like a super young man, drove up of a restaurant too. It was crazy. Like, I mean, Dan was like 21 years old managing a restaurant. I had no idea. Uh, what he had no idea. What he was doing. We all we so really cool. had no idea what the hell we were doing at all. But, uh, but I just knew I got to get Dan in on this because, uh, just him and I were always doing everything together. So, yeah, that's what uh, Dan always says. Let's, let's take a pause there and let's go back to your story a bit. You guys, yeah. you guys were friends secretly, not even knowing in the backyard. Without even knowing. <laughs> I'm, I'm you born, born, in, born and raised Mississauga my whole life. I lived at, uh, growing up, like from birth to end of high school, I lived in two addresses. So I wow. grew up Mississauga, like College Way, Glen Aaron, and then moved not too far from there, like Burnham Thorpe, Mississauga road. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think aside when Dave and I got reconnected, it was probably, I think it, I mean, we always knew each other. The funny thing was, is, 
we we knew each other when we were kids, obviously, because we lived in the same neighborhood and that story yeah. sort of got out and we made that connection. But we played hockey in the same league, right? We're the same age. We played uh, against each other. So we played against each other. And it's funny when, like, you know, when when they say entrepreneurs with learning disabilities, so ADD and things yeah. like that, which I was diagnosed, sometimes make the best entrepreneurs. Yeah, me too. Now, Grade six, man. Sometimes, right. So yeah. sometimes with that, you, you, you know, you tend to be overly aggressive sometimes when you play sports. Like this. So <laughs> sometimes I think every <laughs> time. So Dave and I were were known like when when my team was playing his team, they would say like, "Yo, watch out for get this guy, Dave Butler." Going like he <laughs> oh. will, he will go after you. Keep your head up when he's on the ice, but go after him. Like yeah. he'll you know he'll, he'll retaliate. He'll retaliate. Yeah. And he'll go. So we'd be like, awesome, there we go. So then un- unbeknownst on. to me. Well, when I was playing, yeah, I'd be playing against Dancy and be like, I was like, I would just know, <laughs> the coach would be like, watch out for big boy Pat, <laughs> watch out for Burkhart, and like, just like as a player, but you would know, like you're up on the ice together, you just knew who's soft and yeah, everything. Yeah. You would always get like, yeah, watch out when he's around, you know what I mean? Like you just, you're aware of each other. Yeah. Like that's how I guess Goons probably yeah. operate. Absolutely. On the ice or in the club yeah. too, right? Yeah, totally. So we always played on opposite teams, but we, I guess we started to reconnect maybe in grade nine or grade 10. In well, I was going school. out with a girl. That was yeah, you were going and out with a girl just, school. And, and what school was that? John Fraser. I went to high ah. school at John Fraser. So I went to Sheridan Park. Uh, for one to six, then Hazel McCallion for two years. Shout out to Hazel McCallion. <laughs> and Is that then, school still around? I think so. Okay. And then uh, high school was uh, John, John Fraser. Fraser. So grade 10, Dave was dating a girl that went to John Fraser. And uh, I I mean, Beautiful she was friends. a friend of ours. And we just... We like, knew each other. We were. And it was like when we saw each other, yeah. we were like, hey, yeah. what's up? All right. What's up? You know, yeah. you're... We know. We kind <laughs> yeah. of know each other. But we piss each other off yeah. on the ice. Yeah. But we connect. We, we, we yeah, hit it vibes. off right away, man. Like, and ever since then, I mean, pretty much we've been inseparable. But it was fun. I mean, Dave had a car back then. Or he was young, you know. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, that's big, man. Dave was I driving around with a Yeah, 15. I rode off a car at 15. That's a true story. Yeah, no joke. Well, that's what got it. Was your dad in insurance or mortgages then? Is it insurance? He was in, no, I think he had probably just started in mortgages around then. So, yeah, to work, Dave rode off a car underage. That Without a license. No yeah. insurance. So to oh, work yeah. off. Are you, you can't even drive when you're 15. No, no, no. Really? It was, Fuck, like, I we, forgot. My, my dad, my, a guy on my hockey team, Rory, Rory, <laughs> yes. this guy on my hockey team, his dad was going to let his kid. kid drive at 15. And so my dad and this guy's dad were cool. So there was like. I said, well, Rory's getting to drive at 15. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, well, you can drive. So that oh, was... Oh, shit. It was just, On a weekend. It was like, not like arbitrarily, but maybe on a weekend. Yeah. Not every day. Yeah. Like, you didn't yeah. give me a car, but it was like, if dad didn't take the car out, he's like, all right, go ahead. No, no, wow. totally. If you get pulled over, you are screwed. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're screwed. For some reason, our parents let us do it. And then, you know, Rory didn't write off yeah. that car, <laughs> no. but I wrote oh, off mine. shit. So. No one so, got hurt though. Well, no, but he, no, no. I, I mean, more, uh, more just uh, yeah, the <laughs> anxiety of having to go home and tell your dad you wrote off his car that he needs for work the next oh, day. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, my dad was so to work off that debt is when he started at the mortgage office. Believe it or not. Oh no, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that's why Dan was like, I know why you work. Well, I, 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 had, I had owed my dad, I'm sure, a lot of stuff when I started yeah, working. Yeah, no kidding. This, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so crazy. Basically, from there, I, uh, you know, I. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like I said, yeah. I was diagnosed ADD at a young age. So I'd been prescribed like Ritalin, things like that, things to help me focus. Shit. I just had no clue you what take I wanted it? to do. Not anymore. No, no, Yeah, no, but you, do you anymore. remember taking Ritalin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It was prescribed. So it was, it was, 
it, that you should know, work back then I, I didn't notice it because i had it's tough because i had such a resistance to whatever my parents told me i had to do at that at <laughs> yeah. that age anyway so yeah, them coming to you when you're you know 13 years old telling you you got to take medication it was yeah. just it was a fight no matter what i didn't <laughs> i i didn't like being in school it wasn't that i wasn't smart i just didn't like being in school i didn't yeah. like I, I had a hard time connecting with teachers. Like you said, there's yeah. always a few teachers that you end up, yeah. and they're special ones. But for the most part, I just, I had trouble sitting in class and that obviously translates to disruptiveness. And Absolutely, you, know, you can relate to that. I got sent home all the time. All the time, school. right? All the time. Yeah. My, my Our vice principal had my dad's business card right on his, oh, right on the court board when you walked in. So, cause I had an older brother who <laughs> was similar to bad? me. So it was Shit. like 2.0 when I came in, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so whatever. I mean, I made it through high school, no problem. I mean, I passed everything. Everything was fine there. But after, I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I felt like bartending and serving was, you know, fit my lifestyle at the time. Yeah. I could, I always hated waking up first thing in the morning so yeah. I could stay up late and sleep in. And, Chill out. you know, it, it, it worked. And I think it, you know, it's funny. In serving and bartending, you just, you develop a lot of salesman skills and you, you know, you're That's used to doing actually with my dream people. job. A lot of people don't believe me. I know, it's like, funny. Yeah. I'd be I always, bartending for free on the beach or something. I, I always <laughs> said, and I've been doing mortgages for over 15 years now. And I've always said, hey, if it all goes wrong, I'll just go back to bartending. Because yeah. I did like that life. I mean, it's not a bad life, but, um, you know, Dave was successful, man. He had his, yeah. you know, rookie of the year and he was telling me, you got to come do mortgages. You know, it's, yeah. we sell money. You like it's you're Yeah. You, that's literally, <laughs> that's awesome. right? You do mortgages. That was my pitch. Yeah. We like, sell money. We sell money. I mean, if you can't sell money, you can't sell anything, basically. <laughs> Bro, so that, I've I, never heard that before. That's true. <laughs> I was working three days a week. I was working. I remember I would work Monday nights, Tuesday nights, and all day Friday. And then I would work at Dave's office I think which was which was my house which was his house yeah, <laughs> yeah. go to his house yeah, and just work yeah, out like, yeah. just like he did at his dad's office because yeah. to be honest the, the only way you're really going to learn this business is to just be put into it and you just have to absorb like a sponge you just got to learn so I did that for probably a year where I was working four days with him three four days at the bar and uh I just at one point I think my you know I was making this amount bartending yeah. and I was making pretty close to that amount in mortgages and I yeah. figured why you know I'd rather work for this amount for myself than yeah. work for anybody else making this so I just made the transition. Sweet, you just stopped fucking bartending. Yeah, pretty much, man. And I then I begged him. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Quit. Well, in my first week of doing it, I was like, okay, no, you know, I'll come work with my first couple of weeks. We, yeah. we were, when we first did business, I mean, now we mostly do, you know, referrals and stuff. We work with a yeah. lot of real estate agents and stuff like that. But we did a lot of like mass marketing. So we did a lot of mail outs, like, oh, you know, shit. Print it, Good. You know? and, and is, uh, so is this still under the other, uh, mortgage company, yeah, mortgage intelligence. Yeah, we were mortgage intelligence. intelligence yeah. So okay. at that time, you didn't have to have a license to be a mortgage broker. You just had to have a license. I think it was within. No, you, had to, you had to be registered. You had to. You you had one year to get your license after you could, yeah, you could, I, I was able to add someone to my team. Yeah. Who could actually go and talk to clients about mortgages? They could be signed up with mortgage intelligence, and everything. They just had to get their course passed within, within one, one year. year. Yeah. It's kind of a weird rule. Yeah. So I had a, a year rule. to sit and learn, basically. But I, yeah. like the first week or two, Dave sent me on a run to go pick up a like a bulk flyers that he ordered. Yeah. So Do I you guys went, remember what the flyers would say? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I still have it set because yeah. you know about we, refinance. We yeah. worked it so per like you got to remember, man. Flyers isn't just oh we'll just 
Predi- no. So like we would put time and thought into yeah. glossy color in an envelope, yeah, seal the envelope. Like we put time, we, yeah, we figured what days. people would open, what they wouldn't <laughs> try to surprise them with unaddressed ad mail rather than have it from <laughs> Butler. So yeah. we put a lot of thought into that. Yeah. But basically cool. I went to pick up flyers from, from this delivery and the guy, I still remember his name. I won't say it, but Dave remembers it as well. Uh, when I picked up, he was like, hey, you, I saw your flyer. You do mortgages. I'm looking to refinance. Yeah. And I knew absolutely nothing about mortgages. So all I really wanted to do was get out of there, get on the phone with Dave and figure out how to help this guy uh. refinance. So that's what I did. I basically said what I needed to say to make it look like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Got the info. I, I, I think I left, called Dave and Dave was like, well, did you get any info? And I was like... No, man, I didn't get anything. <laughs> so we That's what you needed. I, exactly. So I think I ended up calling him back. I schmoozed it over, got yeah. his info. And, you know, that was like, I mean, maybe a month or two later, uh, you know. It was a good deal, too. Yeah. The oh, first commission sweet. check rolled in and I was like looking at the two and, you know. Yeah. Holy shit. That mu- like, you guys remember the market back then? We've all been doing in the game for a long time. It's crazy, mm-hmm. man. And it's crazy what than me, you could get away with back then. Even the stuff that I was talking to you guys about, the flyers that I would do, zero down mortgages, 5% cash back. Well, yeah, we was just was... trying to get them to, I mean, especially with the mail, because internet wasn't as what it was. Um, you know, by then, there were so many different, like, people had already decided whether they are going to read what you sent based okay. on, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you would literally have to figure out how do we get yeah, this person to open this? Because a lot of people with the mail, at least at my house, it was, you would just yeah. go through the mail and get just rid of step. all the yes. crap and then you'd find the odd thing or bill that you're waiting for yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But if, you know, and then it was trying to figure out, okay, well, how do we make sure we're not part of that bad pile yeah. that yeah. we spin out, you know what I mean, with the coupons and all that stuff. Yeah. So we would just always... Reason. You know, just just experimenting with even the way we, we folded it. We wanted the fir- first part of what they opened to say a certain yeah, thing, so we could sick. grab their yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah. I so, didn't know that you guys were heavily into the marketing side. Oh, too. that That's was awesome. well. That was at the first. I mean, we when you start out in this business, and the, people ask me this all the time, like because new agents are like, "Well, how did you get started? How do you?" Yeah, you know, they look at where we are now. You know, yeah. where we are now. You know, 17 years later is we are just referrals. So like yeah. we don't we don't market at all. Right? Yeah. And Dan and I don't do any marketing. Our marketing is that we work with the referral source that we work yeah. with. We keep their clients and them happy. And that's that's our business. But to get started, you can't just all of a sudden get started in mortgages and say, yeah. okay, well, I'm just gonna be referral. You have to get the the you have to get the phone ringing, you have yeah. to get yeah. people contacting you. So the idea was like when I when we started was um, my dad was doing advertisement in Toronto Star Classifieds. Okay. Right? First mortgage, second mortgage. So that was actually a big thing. Yeah, huge. I, I mean, remember. this is when people used to read the newspaper, right? So yeah. um, we, I asked my dad, do you mind if I copy? I mean, my dad was nice enough to like, okay. I just copied his ad sort of thing, Toronto <laughs> yeah. Star myself. So there was his ad and then my yeah. ad. And yeah. They were basically the same, but I mean, my dad was cool to let me do it. But that got the phone ringing. Yeah. Um, and that's the one thing people don't understand is that wasn't for me to make money. That was hopefully I covered my cost, but that was for me to learn. Yeah, to get right? comfortable. You have to, you have to yeah. learn. Like how how can I go out to realtors and be like, I'm an awesome mortgage broker, and then I've never done a deal, and they're yeah. gonna put me in front of a client. Yeah. And if you don't shine, then you're not gonna get a second chance to shine. Yeah. So the idea was, I'll just and again, you're living at home. I mean, yeah. what yeah. what expenses do I have? So I would spend the fifteen hundred bucks a month on the ad. Maybe yeah. I get some phone calls, but I'm now learning my craft. 
You learn right? the language, I'm, you yes, know, the rebuttals. Yes, I'm getting the experience. I don't have the butterflies. Totally. After, you know, you take yeah. a couple phone calls, now the butterflies are gone. You know, because yeah. people don't understand when you're a kid, you spend $1,500 on that, that phone rings. All you're thinking about is your butterflies are going because you're like, how am I going to make this money back to yeah. cover this yeah, 1500 totally. bucks? Like, so you're nervous and totally. you don't, you've never talked to anybody about it, so you don't know what you're doing. So these are all things people don't think about, you know what yeah. I mean? But these, this was, that was how it was. So I was looking at that as my learning experience. If I made mm. my money back, great, right? But yeah. that was how I was going to then be able to go to realtors and be like, okay, I'm a really good mortgage broker. Yeah. And then put me in front of a client and I actually execute, right? That's the whole thing with referral yeah, is you got to know right away with referral. If you don't, you, you know, can tell when someone knows their shit or not. You have to. Especially in mortgages yes. and this market yes. and the past market yes. and what's going to happen. Yes. So that was, I mean, to your point, so that was, that was the market back then was, you know, for us was we were doing everything with that classified. Then when Dan and I started doing it, we were, we were trying to figure out, okay, well, what should we try? What should we do? We started trying yeah. the flyers. Yeah. That thing started working well. Dan, I think we were, you know, at first, I think we delivered them ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Then we ended Why up would we get my out. friends to, we had to stay, we had to cut costs, man. Like it was expensive. Yeah. I know. We were just talking about and this. And not only that, we would have to, we had to pick, like the way you ordered flyers back then is you had to go on Canada Post and pick postal code in areas. Yeah. Right? I learned that after. Yeah, I, exactly. to, I was telling you guys yeah. off the record, I was, or off the camera, yeah. I was used to carry my backpack. Yeah. Yes. And then someone was like, why don't you just do postal walk? I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. So yeah, anyway, so continue. we had to look up postal codes to figure out what area. So we developed sort of a knack for, okay, yeah. this time of year, we'll hit this area in Hamilton. We, yeah. you know, a lot of, I like I specifically. That's how you know you're like, you're from the ground up. Well, and when I was first starting, <laughs> that shit doesn't exist anymore. No, no. yeah. And I sort of grew up like learning in in the B world. The areas that we sort of went after first were areas that had maybe lots of equity. Okay. With people that maybe couldn't qualify with their traditional lending, I thought yeah. that gave me an advantage going yeah, to give people that were getting declined from their bank that had equity. And we, you know, even today, there's you know that's still a thing today. It's, huge it's like the market just circles back. It'll get bigger over the yeah. next couple of years. B lending is yeah. going to get even bigger. So yeah. those banks are still around, right? So yeah. again, that's it was a great world to learn in because especially when you're dealing in, you know, mortgage brokers will obviously generally deal in purchases and refinance. Purchases when you're first in a mortgage broker, you can't mess up on dates. You got a closing date, you got to hit that date. So if something goes wrong, you know, you still have to hit that date. When you're doing refinances, there's not as much pressure. It's not as big of a timeline. That makes sense. I I liked learning in that environment. It was sort of a combination of like high pressure, but I had a little bit of a safety net to push back a closing or, you know. Well, no realtor is going to get upset with you. Exactly. Refinance, you're just dealing with the client. Right. right? That's true. Exactly. I never thought of it that way. That makes a lot of sense. So it helped me to learn like that because, you know, some people – like the pressure some people do not that i don't but i think at the time learning going in i knew yeah. nothing about mortgages yeah. i knew nothing about fi- i hated math like yeah. i knew <laughs> i knew nothing about it but i knew that da- i mean yeah. dave was knew what he was doing he was a wizard. I, I, and he was great at that stuff so i knew if i just buckled just like down math. and i focused and i listened though that i would be able to figure it out because ultimately i mean sales yeah. and customer service is is really what it's really doing, what it is right it ultimately yeah. so and i always like dealing with people i always like talking to people i always had an ability he still does to, yeah, yeah still do i was he gonna say does. you guys are both well spoken <laughs> I, I still like and i still like dealing with people so yeah it, it worked out well because obviously we got to a point where i focus more on dealing with people and dave sort of focused more on the back end stuff but yeah that's how i cut my teeth was doing those deals and figuring out ways to solve problems without necessarily the pending you know deadline of a of a purchase or a realtor calling you saying 
my purchase isn't going to close on time. Well, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. So, yeah. Those are the worst calls. Yeah. For sh- that's well, a call. Well, you well, never we knew that. We'd be like, if I was a realtor, what's the worst yeah. thing? <laughs> it would be the mortgage broker calling me the day before I'm supposed to get yeah. paid, yeah. telling me my deal ain't closing. So we yeah. always, I mean, we're, we like to think we're cognizant of what yeah. realtors like. I don't, want to put realtors into like a little box but most of them fit in that we, box we understand <laughs> yeah. the one thing we think is we understand we're in the same business we're in a commission business yeah and when you you know i don't want getting i certainly wouldn't like a phone call the day of the closing date that you, you know, worked 60 days ago that the client's this. left and gone somewhere else you know and so therefore i'm sure a realtor doesn't want to know that the thing that they just sold the client 60 yeah. days ago yeah isn't is, going to grow isn't is in trouble now at the last yeah. minute right so so that, this is one thing that i've always been like one i've always wondered about in the mortgage side can you get a commitment from a client like in the real estate side you can sign like the buyer representation agreement or anything like that. We've seen it. I mean, you just asked me about the other day, right? About that you had a client that yeah. had signed something. I mean, I've had, I mean, you're not supposed to. I mean, I think it's, first of all, I think it's bad business if okay. you're a broker, a mortgage agent, and you're going to try to lock a client down to, work um, with you. you know, an agreement that says they can only work with you. Because I do believe in free market. You yeah. Know? I'm not saying that, you know, it's the mortgage order not spending any time. I'm saying like, it's, it, this is about people's money and their family, you yeah. know, and their income and yeah. they, whatever, whatever mortgage we're taking out is representing, that's a piece of, that's coming off their income. So yeah. if there's someone that can give the client a better rate than let's say I can, yeah. who am I to lock them in because I was able to get them to commit to me? Yeah. You know what I mean? And because they're going to, what, if I can't do the job, you know what I mean? Why, that makes why do sense. I need the commission? That's just the way. That's well, and our we thought. always felt like karma wise, you yeah. know, if you treat people like that, that will come back. They'll <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, family I was going to say right? that, that actually puts you over the top knowing that like, it puts you on top of all the other agents knowing that like, I know I'll do the best job for you because you can go anywhere. Well, and it's an old term, but I mean, our parents would use this term, but I think it's tacky to, you know, like, yeah. you yeah. know, like, Oh, I was able to weasel you into that agreement. Yeah. Now you can't go. Oh, this guy's got something better for you. Well, you're stuck with me. Like, oh, I, but that that's shit. not at that point. I'm closing a deal for a client that's not even happy with me. Yeah, so exactly. That goes against our kind of. That's just the way. I don't you want guys to sound move. cheesy, but that's just our protocol. It's like yeah. is yeah. the client happy? If the client's yeah. happy, like you know, we will send deals to clients yeah. to banks that we don't work with yeah. because we know that they, they might qualify there. We don't ask for a commission. We don't yeah, ask that's for what I always find we fascinating we about you guys. We, we just, is the client happy? Okay, great. Perfect. Yeah. Then that means the referral source is happy. There. That's all we care about. If we get yeah. paid, we get paid. It doesn't It doesn't bother us at this yeah. point, right? There's an abundance mentality with you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, we're seeing it. To oh, go yeah. back to that, we're seeing. I mean, I've had, I had a client, no joke. He was put in touch with me. It's probably two years ago. I even know the client, Alfonso. If you hear this, you'll know it's you. Um, <laughs> I had a client call me. He had um, he had signed uh, one of these documents with, oh, shit. Uh, with, with a broker oh, yeah. saying that he would work with them. Um, I and I personally me because I've been in the business. I thought there's no way he can't hold you to that. That's you know. And by the way, it just seems seems to me crazy that a broker would actually go and waste time going to small claims court to argue to try that. to argue shows so you how busy thought, that broker is right. <laughs> well that was the other thing too i'm thinking like would this broker really actually do that to him like no we'll call his bluff so i you know, i was able to get the client a better deal yeah client said well i've signed this thing i said don't worry about it he can He's never not enforce do that that's ridiculous you why would he that would just make him look even worse i do the deal deal closes a couple months later he gets a letter, a letter. from the guy uh he's yeah. got to go meet in small claims court 
So I told my client, I said, go. I'm curious. Now, now I want to learn about yeah. this. Go. Go to small claims. You go to small claims. The whoever they they you know they yeah, whatever, put him in the touch judge, with some lawyer, yeah, lawyer, some yeah. guy who's there, and the guy said, "Yeah, you'll probably lose." So I told the client, I "said Okay, we'll make a deal," and I paid it legit. Yeah. I actually paid I think two hundred dollars a month for like six months. It was twelve hundred bucks. I paid it because you know I told the client, "Leave yeah. this guy come with me," and uh, wow. you know it ended up costing me money, but it was a great learning experience for me because I learned that those things actually probably yeah. can be enforced. Um, Holy but shit. it also the you know the best part it taught me is that there are actually mortgage Deuce brokers bags. out there yeah. that oh, yeah. are going to try to hold their client to something like that and just for money, you know, what just I mean? for money, just knowing for money. that so they can get a better deal. What somewhere an else. advantage to just be the broker that doesn't do that, yeah, right? Yeah, we well we laugh because I mean we we That's I mean crazy. it this sounds really weird, but it's like if you in our business, it's, yeah. in our opinion, and it's we think it's tried and tested. If you just do what you would normally do in like with your friends in a real life situation, yes, you don't be a dare. Yeah, like yeah. why do you gotta be like I? We just let's have a yeah. you know very open, honest stuff here. And um, I think, and oddly enough, I mean, you know, for us to like be some yeah. of the top mortgage brokers in the country, people always say like, "What's your secret? What did you do?" Like, yeah, well, like there is no secret. We just treat everyone like they're our buddies. I yeah, wouldn't do yeah. the, I wouldn't do your mortgage any different than I would do my brother's. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's just I'm not going to snake you out of a certain. And, thing. and the weird, weird part is, people that might be watching this be like, "Well, that's just cheesy," and you're just trying to be do-gooders. We're not do-gooders. That I just say, like in our business, that's the way you got to do it. And now, when you're trying to yeah, come, when you're when you're in direct competition with mortgage brokers, and you know people are acting like that, I mean, it's not hard to just say. You know, we're yeah. just not going to do like that. We're just not yeah. going to do like that. It's so funny Simple because I, I, I just, I had a meeting on the weekend and I don't, I don't really meet with a lot of people anymore. And uh, I told somebody that she was like, look, I have this place. I've owned it for 10 years, blah, 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 in Toronto. And I was like, yeah, don't sell that. Like, just refinance it. And she's like, what does that mean? And I was like, well, it means that if I were to sell it, I would make $20,000 of commission. But I'm telling you not to sell it yeah. and go talk to a mortgage person sure. and refinance. And she's like, why would you tell me Most that? Most people wouldn't do that. And I'm like, well, if you, and I gave her my number and I was like, if, if another agent tells you that, if, if every agent, like if another agent tells you don't sell it and refinance it, I'll take you out to dinner at any place you want. Because I can, I can almost guarantee you no other agent's going to tell you to do that because they don't give a shit about your actual what you're going to do after, they're going to be like, oh, great. There's so much equity in the place. You can sell it for top dollar, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, it's, it's yeah. yeah. So you were, when you were, it's perfect that the segue into that because Dan, obviously he, he just moved into this nice, beautiful house that he bought. Yes. And Dan and I had, had really put a plan together on what we were going to do, like with Dan's other house that he had and yeah. how we were going to set everything up. And, you know, Dan and I have known each other for how long, you know, we, I, I, Dan and I, like, I, you know, Dan shared all his personal information with me so that we could put this plan together. Yeah. And, you know, no names, but he was working with a realtor and, um, I get a call from Dan one day and he's like, yeah, the realtor really says I should sell my place, the other place. And I'm just like, you know, we were just like, well, but he doesn't. It's just fun, like, funny to me that that That's was his, the reflex. Well, and it's yeah. funny that they can have an opinion without actually sitting Seeing down. They didn't know nothing. Just, yeah. oh, you're, this is a great house. You'll sell it. You'll make great money. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, but that's not. 
that's, that's not, your, not the your, plan yeah. here, man. The plan is we're doing something different. Like that's yeah. not your your plan. Like your 100%. actual ten year plan. Why, or why am I gonna have my my buddy, my business partner, sell a duplex that he is gonna make tons of money off of? You know, and be able to tap into that equity buying this yeah. other home. Why just sell it? Because because the realtor will make a nice commission. Absolutely. And I just that's just so fucking it, douchebag. It's, <laughs> it's 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 wrong on so many levels. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's weird because. In an odd way, 80% of the world still doesn't see that smoke and mirrors. Holy like, shit. I don't know if it seems like always like, like yeah, so, well, wait a sec, like 20% of people true. figure it out and they're like, oh, that guy's a cynic for a commission. Yeah. There are 80% of people that see that guy's face on a bus and go, oh, that guy's great. I'm going to use that guy. And it's yeah. like, but his face is just on a bus, yeah, man. It's so and he true. doesn't. He, what does that tell you about his qualifications? All it yeah. says is he's got some money. Yeah, he's he can advertise, money. But that doesn't tell you anything about this guy. Is he good? Is he bad? Nothing. Yeah. It's, that's, unfortunately, that's still our world and that won't change. You know, I don't yeah. believe it. Yeah. Well, I, I think what you're saying is is uh, is 100% correct and it's going to change. I think the internet is changing all that. Like nobody likes to be like hard sold anymore. No. Mm-hmm. Everyone... And that's what I, I always, I've been saying that the internet doesn't make people bad people. It actually exposes who the fuck you really sure, are. Sure. Like you can't, you know, like there wouldn't be any of these like, the, without the internet. Like, but you want to know what's odd about yeah. that? This is what I think is odd about that. Take, take Apple, for instance, right? Yeah. Because Apple's is Massive uh, almost company. a trillion dollar company, yeah. right? It hit and a trillion. It did. Hit a they did. I yeah. think it's back down now, but they were up to a trillion dollar market cap. This is a company. This is a huge company. Everybody, Apple, 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 great, great, great. This is a company that knowingly was what were, it came out. There was something where they the were pattern. knowingly messing with people's like batteries just so that you'd want to go and buy the next phone. Yeah. And so to your point, I hope that yeah. the internet over time becomes more yeah. exposing. But think about yeah. it. Apple was exposed and guess what? People still buy on their products. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, I don't think that did put a well, dent into see, it. You know I, what I mean? I know Sad. exactly what you mean, but the problem I understand your comparison, but I'm a diehard Apple guy. Me too. The me old, too. Yeah. The, <laughs> me too. That's so the worst part. The reason, <laughs> yeah, the they, reason they did that, um, and not that I don't know if it's right or wrong, sure. is, and, and again, like we're all in a position where it never happened to me because I would just buy a new one. Yeah. So I never understood. I, I was like, yeah, those are my problems, right? <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but I heard for, like one of the tech guys talk about like, look, there was whenever a new update would come out, it was one option or the other. It was either your battery life sucked or your phone slowed down. Mm. Now they give people the option. You choose which one you want when uh, you do an update. And but would was, they have done that if they weren't exposed? That, I don't you know. know exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. But yeah. but then the, on a on a on a big scale, the internet brings out the fucking like the Harvey Weinstein's, the Cosby. Sure, that's 100%. where it's like you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. hide, right? It's taking. Well, a, unfortunately, maybe it just might be a hundred years. We'll be dead yeah. and brown, and then eventually hey, we'll be like stem cells. You know, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, going to be like, dead. Oh, it's like, it, it, the <laughs> world know, finally did change, but yes, it took a long time. It's crazy yeah. though how quick the internet can you know make or yeah. break a career with even just seeing the stuff. It's, that's it's a little going scary, it's but crazy, I think it's yeah. it's just like the the shitstorm before. Like it calms down, you know. Everyone's starting to realize. Well, with like, any, you know, with any negativity, there's positivity and vice yeah. versa. So for sure, there'll be some sort of ancillary, you know, yeah. negativity. But I agree. The but fact all these that big it can companies, expose man, people, yeah. they're they're scary in, in general. Like the Facebooks, the Amazons, and yeah. and the Apples, they they own so much. But it's I do. Well, and your phone's yeah. always listening. Yeah, it's a lot of absolutely. Power. It is always listening. Yeah. But I think I think we're getting to that point. We're, we're almost not, we're, we're not full blown at the point where like everyone, uh, but 
everyone's watching, but everyone is watching all the time. It's very hard for you to get away with stuff nowadays. But I also think, now that I'm saying that out loud, Trump gets away with everything. And I'm not getting political because I don't vote or anything like that. But it's fascinating to watch in this world stuff some of the stuff he says and it's like i'm just gonna say everything wrong so you guys can't choose you know (laughs) but but in the customer service world back to the normal reality like i think that's what i learned from a a young age too when i first got into real estate a lot of it was um you know just do the right thing even if it's if it's gonna cost you money it's uh, sad that that gives you an advantage yeah i know it's so crazy yeah. You know, like we it's even, as simple as that, but it's sad that that's yeah. some. You know, that's literally can be the difference yeah. maker. That's our secret sauce. If anyone wants to know how did we how did we get good at doing mortgages, we just did it right. We did we did right by the client. And yeah. That, and if it wasn't right by the client, then yeah, we didn't do the deal, or we told we and gave over, the client the right advice. Or, and yeah. over time, you learn the tricks and ways to fix things. Yeah. And you know when and I mean, things aren't ever perfect. Like no. Even now, being being at like in the position you guys are now, I'm sure you deal with headaches all the time. That's well, constant. yeah. Well, the yeah. bigger the volume, the more headaches. Um, and you know what? I mean, you know, our business has evolved from what we talked about, which was doing you know refinances, and we were just an everyday broker. To now, we are considered specialists. We are yeah. considered specialists in the field of um, investment. Yeah. So when a client is looking to invest in real estate, um, they'll likely find yeah. us that's obviously changed um that's changed our whole dynamic yeah um so we're able to focus more on the planning aspect yeah the um, long term yeah and i mean without without having to you know necessarily do the same things we did uh, back you carved a little niche out though there's yeah. a lot like the conversations we have you can't have that with a lot of like regular well, mortgage it, people they just yeah don't i mean it's, you've, you've got to spend a lot more time with the client. I think that's yeah. kind of what I was trying to looking for was that we, it's not just a, a single singular transaction anymore. Yeah. We are working with these clients for probably the next 10 years yeah. and we are actually planning their uh, next moves with their portfolio. Knowing like, hey, Matt, like you got, you're ready for another one. Whenever yeah, you're yeah. ready, it's on you. It's on you. We've well, usually they'll reach out to us at yeah. some point. They'll yeah. get the itch. I mean, sometimes they buy one, sometimes they buy two, and sometimes they buy three or four at a time. I mean, yeah. it happens. But yeah. generally they'll get that itch again and they'll just reach out and say, look, yeah. how do, how am I going to go and buy a property? And then it's, that's just where the experience sort of takes over and you're looking at, you know, yeah. their, their equity and just ways to pull out money to buy more. I mean, that's, that's sweet. That's and oddly enough, we have to slow do. some of them down because they'll, <laughs> wait, wait, you know, wait, wait, we, wait, we've you had situations. You have to slow some oh, people yeah. down. Yeah, from, well, that's a fucking really to, good position to be in. Well, if you think about it, some of them are so worked up. They, they've just entered Rockstar. They've heard all the great things. And that's yeah. another thing too, is, I mean, you've got, you're working in an organization, you know, these clients are coming from an organization where, other clients are giving their testimonials. It's all real life yeah. stuff. Um, these clients are coming to us hyped up now. Yeah. They want to buy. They've heard the stories of the guy buying 15 homes and they want to do the same thing. Yeah. And the, they'll go buy one or two and then they'll come back to us right away. Hey, how, you know, I want to buy more. And they haven't even filled the homes yet with tenants. Yeah. And we have to kind of slow. Hey, no, like, hey, there's yeah. going to be some dark I mean, times. If I was you yeah. and I was doing the same thing you're doing, I'd want to fill that house first before I start going and buying more homes. 
um, well, there's a responsibility. Down that that goes it, back right? to doing the right thing, of course, yes. for less money, you know, or sure, just I holding mean, off on getting yeah. paid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But that's, I guess, when you don't, we don't, think you don't about even think money, about it. Yeah. When you're just doing the right thing, it. you don't even think about no, it. If you want to buy, the time will come. It's just, you know, yeah. There's, there's an art to it, right? And mm-hmm. and you, you, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have a plan. Yeah. And some just throwing all your money at a bunch of different properties yeah. isn't necessarily yeah, the best just because plan. some other guy has 15 yeah. that's not yeah. that's not a good plan for you but you probably you started get a long time plan, ago right so yeah that yeah. makes perfect sense yeah but, it's, it's so funny what you're saying about when you're just used to doing the right thing it doesn't even come out to like what did i just do i don't know i just did what i was supposed to do like yeah it's what i naturally would do i don't and then someone else tells you like oh shit you actually stopped them from you stopped yourself from making money knowing that it's going to hurt them in the long run or potentially could. Yeah. I think that's probably when Secret our sauce, business baby. changed a lot, <laughs> you know, which was early on where it wasn't about, and not that it ever was about paying our bills, but I mean, you know, like we were putting out money. So, I mean, of yeah, course you, there's in the back of your head, you don't want to be running a loss. But I think once we got to a point where we we're doing so much volume, you don't, you just don't think about that. And I think that that's, yeah. that's a real, inflection point i think in our careers was yeah. um once money doesn't matter because yeah it's if you do enough good things it will yeah. come in um that yeah. changed our whole 100 percent. because i think with that and it's you know it's it's the ability to look a client you know and say to them and you know in a way it's like you know i don't need the business i want the business yeah you know what i mean and that's yeah. coming at a different at but a i don't want to do it the right way and i yeah. want to do yeah, it the yeah, right yeah. way i want to do if it the someone right else way. is telling you to do this and they're fucking you over you don't even and, see it yet. exactly <laughs> yeah. right man and i think that that sort of elevates you to a different level as for sure you know, in any sort of sales position is when you have that confidence and that ability to stand in yeah. front of people and say look i know exactly what i'm telling you and i know why i'm telling you to do it this way or yeah. why i'm suggesting you do it this way right that, yeah that's a powerful thing when you're standing and that only comes from you know years of, of for sure that makes perfect well, sense the benefit to, to that is 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 that those are the clients that when they're being told by some mortgage broker to do something and they've come to us for maybe a second opinion and we say to them absolutely not that's a terrible idea yeah. We think you should do this and this and this. And we could see that the other broker was probably doing it for a monetary reason. Yeah. yeah. Those clients, A, are able to look at you differently and mm. you build a trust level with them immediately because they can see that you're doing it for, for them, right? You're doing it for the right reasons. B, is that those are the people that are going to refer people to you for the rest Forever. of their life. Yeah. You can have a little army yeah. clients out there that are just speaking your name every time they hear the word mortgages and that's really what yeah. we've built at this yeah. point now i mean we have clients that take pride yeah in sending us clients hey dave i get emails like hey i you're gonna probably get a call from this girl she was talking about a mortgage and i made sure yeah, yeah. and it's all a thing back and i'll go i that the person is referring this client to me is because i helped them that situation, in a situation yeah. where i gave them the right advice I did the right thing for them when they were getting probably offered the wrong advice. And now they are putting a very high yeah. value set on me yeah. um, and they want their friends and family to work with me. And that's for sure. That's a cool that's business to kind of be in. Right. I mean, to the point where now it's, it's our issue is, is figuring out how do we keep, how do we keep, the volume has now come in so much. How do you now do that Quality and control. keep yeah, the clients exactly. very happy and keep yeah. everything, you know, without it going yeah. to crap? Because there's an easy way to just scale this thing yeah. and 
take the personality and the personal situation yeah, out of out it. Out of it. Um, and I just don't think we can do that. I mean, yeah. no, I don't just, see you guys doing that at all. That's no. what built our business. Right? Yeah. That was it is I, I want, yeah. you got to make yourself irreplaceable to the client, right? Yeah. Do them right. Make sure that you're the one that they want to call. We get approached all the time though, from people that are, that, that, that approach us with the idea that we could turn the business into something different. Yeah. We could monetize it in a different way. And not to say that they're wrong, um, but then they don't get, I mean, we, we have to try to explain to people like we don't advertise. Yeah. Like yeah. we literally just work with Rome. That is we crazy. We wake up every day and we can't keep, we can't even control. Relationships. Things, right? So the number one mortgage guys in the country do not advertise at no. all. No. That is fucking Aside awesome. from word of mouth, yeah. 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 Well, and people, there there will be people that will watch us, and if they'll put the connection, they'll say, well, wait a second, Butler Mortgage advertises yeah. a ton, and this is the thing that people don't yeah, get is yeah. Butler Mortgage is, and this is years later, you know, the whole story is I then, we left, Dan and I left Mortgage Intelligence because I got my broker's license, and I wanted to open up our own brokerage, Yeah. and my dad and my brother run, they have a team, they're a team, yeah. and they have always been successful on their side. And we just all decided it would we will work under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. So my dad and my brother are the hyper marketing side of Butler Mortars. They are all over the rate sites. Yeah. They are that, you know, quintessential machine, yeah. you know, that's advertising, get, you know, doing the radio ads, newspaper, whatever it is, you know, all over the internet. Um, so the people will say, Oh, I heard your ad, or they think we're advertising. They think it's yours, the yeah. reality is Butler Mortgage is made of yeah. two teams. Okay. There's Dan and my team, and Dan and I's team, and then there's my brother and my father's team. Okay, and there's people always two separate entities, and they just don't realize we're. But independently, separate. what what did what did they fit? Do you remember what they were last year? Oh, they. I mean, I think I think the way that the rankings are set up is that they don't get to um, put their volume in because it's two people instead of one. Gotcha. It's kind of uh, weird. It, it doesn't make it. I mean, unfortunately, but equally, for, their their level of volume is it's parallel to ours. Yeah, oh, wow. the same they, as ours. They do a lot. So in you know, they're very successful in their industry yeah. and, and sort of how they market and sort of scale their business. Yeah, our, our, a different Butler Mortgage comprised of, of comprised of two teams that wrote. Eight hundred million dollars in volume last year. So that's wow. quite a change 80, from the seventeen in the first year. Yeah, eighty right? percent yeah. of a billion dollars. Right. So there, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that you know, Butler Mortgage is really just a small group of people that do a lot of volume. That's, yeah, that's really how it is. And I always say a real entrepreneur is not what they show you. It's actually what they what you don't get to see. Man, and I would have to, you know, when I was first starting, if I, you know, I'd have clients call me on questions and. I would, yeah. I'd be on the spot. I wouldn't know. I, sometimes I'd have to leave. I'd call Dave. I'd, yeah. I'd even call Dave's dad for advice. So I used to do it all the time. Andrew, are we good? We're rolling. Awesome. Yeah. So like what I used to do was I would be up front too, man, because I, I was in the same boat. I was so young getting into real estate and people, if I didn't have an answer, I wouldn't talk shit out of it. I'd be like, yeah. look, I don't know. Yeah. But I'll find out right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rosa, who was my like manager and she was like, you're going to do big things in real estate because of the way you are. And I would call him and be like, hey, this is the situation. And uh, this is the question. Can you help me answer it? And then they would they would actually appreciate the fact that I'm not going to yep. bullshit them. And then it'd be like, okay, Rose has been in the game for 20 years, blah, blah, blah. And I, so I used to do that too. That was yep. crazy. We were really lucky. We just got to call my dad. Yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. know, it's funny too. Cause to but you still day, had the I still call my dad. Yeah. Oh, I still. still. Call, like Dan, still? Yeah. Dan might ask me something. I'll, I'll be on yep. the road and he'll be at the office. He'll be like, what do you do? What do you do here? And I'm like, 
go down to my dad's office and find out what they're doing. Yeah. In a well, and, like you know, and it's almost like that's awesome. You can be a, a jack of many trades or a master of one. And it's almost yeah. like, you know, Dave's dad does a ton with the mass marketing. They get a lot of private lending and things like okay. that. So there are a lot of the times on property types, private lending. I mean, there's, there's nobody better in the entire country than his dad yeah. for that stuff. Yeah. And vice versa. If he has questions on rentals and things like that, sometimes they'll reach out we to have, us. We have, a, that's cool. we have a tagging mentor, basically. Yeah. We're just tagging yeah. along the whole time for yeah. our whole career. We've been yeah. able to always call this wizard on the phone and yeah. get the answers we need right and if Very you know lucky. dave's dad he's always like i remember when we were kids you know because like i said we've been hanging out for years so even in high school i used to go over there for 7 30 just to watch jeopardy with his dad oh, and shit. his dad would just smart. nail jeopardy all yeah. the time wow. so his dad's always guy. super smart yeah, he's a smart guy right it's so, cool to have and that he's a good teacher yeah he's actually like i say i'm a bad teacher like yeah, yeah. You know, but my dad actually will sit there and explain to you the answer and then why the answer is the answer how yeah. it came about yeah. you know you learn that's cool yeah yeah we're very lucky in that regard yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah the point I mean, of that i guess is you got to have a mentor like yeah. you know you not to say every entrepreneur needs a mentor but for us having a mentor one phone call or email away yeah is, is still especially in business man. where there's there's so much you, pressure you, well you'll never learn everything about being a mortgage yeah. broker you'll never there's so every deal is a little different yeah. scenarios come up so you're always learning so like you said to have somebody that you yeah. know a seamless it, it seemingly knows everything about mortgages right yeah. or will get you the answer and it, for and it it's not giving you a salesman answer either no. it's like hey this is the, this is the break no, you're getting oh, yeah, the there's there's answer no, from yeah he, he's he is way too he's too honest almost in a way yeah right? sometimes so, yeah. but in his in his side of things <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. yeah that's i mean that's the way it's supposed to be right so. yeah that's awesome man that, that like that's where i think having a mentor is massive not that they'll always give you an answer but sometimes it just feels good to know like i always tell people that the game of entrepreneurship is lonely as fuck it yeah, really yeah, is. yeah absolutely so to have a synergy with with two good friends Working side by side, that's fucking amazing. One, yeah. but I'm sure there's still moments where you're like, yo, what the fuck are we doing? Like, you know, like, is this really happening? Or how do, or how do we get to the next stage? Yeah, how do we get to the next yeah. stage? Like, how do we keep ourselves out of prison? Because <laughs> there was a guy that came into the uh, to Rockstar not, not long ago, and uh, he was he was an HST guy. And um, this literally a couple weeks ago, and I don't remember his name. I would call him out if I knew his name. And then he said some shit that like got me fired up in a good way. But then I was like, holy shit. And I started playing the scenarios out. I kicked Nick and I was like, yo, this guy's going to land me in prison, man. Because like, I was like, I see what he's doing. Yeah. And I know how I would do this yeah. if I was still 15, 16, 17 years old. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, I would just fucking run with this. And yeah. then... Yeah. Oh, you can see. you. I mean, you, you can see even in our business, you know, these bank or lenders will send yeah. out these sales reps to kind of they'll their their job is to get you to send them business, but they'll start throwing out ideas, you know, and on how you would submit the deal to the bank, and you know maybe they're not even giving you they they're giving you ways to get around certain rules, and you're just like, hmm, that might be I don't good know or if bad. I'm gonna listen to you on this <laughs> yeah, one, yeah. like. You know, I don't, and it gives you, it, it's funny because then we, Dan and I would obviously, we would leave a meeting like that and be like, now I see how brokers end up in jail. Yeah. Oh, now I yeah. see, you know, how people don't make it in this yeah. business. Well, there was a time where, I mean, even with, you know, we talked about B lenders earlier, but even with B lenders in terms of income verification, they would just take a letter. You just yeah. write a letter and send it in. Yeah. That's basically it. And they would tell you the, 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 the reps for the lenders would come in and say, uh, 
you know, to, you know, you'd say, well, the client doesn't actually make this it's amount of money. And they'd don't say, call. don't worry, just have them write it down and sign it and send it into us and we'll accept it. And you're like, that is odd. Like, that <laughs> so, is when, odd so when you hear of all these crazy <laughs> rule changes, right, and people yeah. get paranoid and certainly, you know, it, it caused some, you know, disruption yeah disruption remember that's how it used to be yeah they're you know cleaning what up yeah. what you know people get really upset that the rules are tightening in mortgages and everyone thinks you know the government's out to get them and we're not saying that's not the case we're just saying that you know from when we started to now i mean it was a very it was much more wild west yeah you yeah. know and in anything you need to tighten things up you know uh, you need to make things a little more sound um, in this and, current market. Yeah. I mean, especially right now, I mean this, and it, it does. I mean, I think the government's not dumb. I mean, they saw what the housing market's done in the last 15 years, which yeah. is, if you go and look back the last 15 years, it's unbelievable. The growth. Yeah. Um, people don't believe the stories. Yeah. You got, you got to clean that up or else you end up yeah. with a 2008, 2009 U S housing market yeah. crash. And that's, I feel like I, we, we deserve one of those. <laughs> well, I, we, we probably do. The good news is, I think we got to it. I mean, the U.S. I don't think they ever got to it. I mean, yeah. you've seen the movie The Big Short. Yeah. I mean, you see, it was there was no when that crash happened. They were in the middle of it. I think at least in Canada, the government was able to see to the writing forward. on the wall, and they yeah. said, "Okay, we should probably make some changes here." And maybe that's why we are positioned more for a softer landing than a crash like what yeah. happened in 08 and 09 with the in the states right I mean, they've been cutting people think that it's been you know the last two three years but they've yeah. been cutting rule changes since 2008 2009 yeah like, I, there's been a ton i used to use this term where it's like they just they 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 grow something and then it grows too big then they're trying to shrink it and then it shrinks too fast they're trying to grow it again because mm. i was i just i seriously remember the time when it was zero down mortgages five percent cash back oh, yeah. yeah and i would explain that to people in rental apartments and i told you i, I shared this story off i was so young i shared this story off 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 camera where i walk around rental buildings with flyers put flyers my own flyers of mm -hmm. zero down mortgages five percent cash back superintendent would tell me to leave and I would tell him like, oh, some guy paid me to do this and it was <laughs> myself. My job. <laughs> and then I would get calls back and I'm, so similar to what That's you guys so are saying, funny. I'm in the Tim Hortons calling the people that called me, that called me while I was delivering the flyers. Yeah. And then uh, I would explain to them that these things exist. Yeah. And then some people will call three months later and be like, it's no longer 5%, it's 2%. So I remember it went from 5% cash back to 2% yeah. cash back yeah. to only $5,000 for the deposit to zero down. And it was like, okay, you have to put something down. It doesn't yeah. have to be 5%. So it's always being oh, it's, changed. It's, it's always on Just the move. think in terms of refinancing, right? So when nowadays, if you want to pull money out of your house, you're, yeah. you're generally going to get 80% of the That's value the of your home, right? Yeah. So if you go get an appraisal, the banks will lend you 80% of that. Yeah. When we first started doing mortgages, you could refinance to 95% of the value <laughs> oh, of your home. Shit. Not only the 95%, but remember, when you... When you when you buy nowadays and you put 5%, 10% down, you got to pay an yeah. insurance premium. Yeah. Back then, when you refinanced to 95%, you were paying an insurance premium. So oh, not shit. only is your house now being leveraged to 95%, it's like but with the, with the premium, you're at like 98% leverage. Mm. Yeah. So they cleaned that out. I mean, I, don't, I can't remember when they didn't stopped last doing that. Long. No, yeah, it didn't last long. No, it didn't last long. But they definitely... Uh, 
yeah, I mean, they, I, I honestly think I'd have to go back, but I honestly feel there was a zero. There was a hundred percent refinance. I feel like it I remember exceeds hundred yeah. percent, even your hundred percent finance. You didn't even have to have good credit. I no. remember that program. All yeah. you had to yeah. have was a job. We sold Dude. that program. I mean, yep. we, 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 we were big on that program at the start of our career because yep. yeah. like Same you, reason. we were working with realtors that were advertising zero down. When we had to, you know, we had that program. Well, and I remember what got us, what got me doing a lot of that was I sent flyers. We were talking about sending the mass marketing and I sent flyers to a building. It was a refinance flyer and I sent it to a building where it was all renters. <laughs> so I would get calls from people going, oh, I want to do debt consolidate. I have some credit card debt. And I'd be yeah. like, okay, nothing I could do because they didn't own any properties. But we could we could maybe turn some of those people. Yeah, into our, buyers. You know, do you, I make great money, but you know, I have bad credit. And my credit cards went up. So you can qualify them yeah. and figure out ways to go and buy. Yeah, I remember we, those days, We man. used those programs a lot when they were there. But yeah, I mean, to our points, it's the, the whole, the industry has definitely shifted. And yeah. I, I think we're in for... For more, I, I don't know what's in store for us, but the one thing that you and you and anyone in our audience that um, has been in the housing market for the last fifteen years, fifteen years, is that we have not experienced the rate increases yeah. Yeah. that we're in the middle of right now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we are seeing interest rates right now that are you with know, these prices. With these prices, I mean, these rates that we're seeing now were. When I started, when you and I started, when the interest rate got down into the three nine nine, it was, was when yeah. it was like the bottom had opened up. Yeah. It was like, oh <laughs> so my true. god, you know, under four percent fixed rates. Yeah, five yeah, six. I was selling five and a half percent fixed yeah. rates. And to yeah. get three nine nine, I remember telling clients, "Lock in, lock in. We'll yes. never <laughs> see this again. This is crazy." And then to get down to two nine nine, six nine, two six nine, and then right now we're back up into the high threes, low fours. Um, you know, and I don't think the government is going to stop there. I think yeah. that they're going to get. We're. I think we're probably going to end up back in the fives, maybe yeah. even the five and a halfs. It's really like interesting. four times the price at the four times the prices. You know, yeah. so something's going to break, and so it's funny if no mortgage rules change. Yeah. By the way, from now then the thing that likely has to break is price, yeah. right? But what we know about the government is that in a weird way, I actually have this feeling that as interest rates rise, and this might take two or three, four years to figure out if they'll it were loosen. true, they'll have to loosen the mortgage mm. rules. That'll uh, be the first thing. The, they, the government is not going to want the housing market to crash. Yeah. So in a weird way, I feel like they'll loosen. To, that'll be their first thing. And if that doesn't work, then prices you know, will come down. But... You know, because people always ask us, are we in for a housing market crash? Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't want, I, I never want to predict something like that, but I would say that, you know, if interest rates continue to rise, yeah. you know, with, yeah. as you say, homes that are now four times the price, um, what's going to happen, right? Well, with no government intervention on making borrowing easier, mm -hmm. the only thing left is that the prices of homes have to decrease for yeah. there to still be a market. And then there's right? this X factor of all these foreigners coming in with their markets inflated yes and their average is not their average condo isn't a thousand square foot it's ten thousand dollars a square foot yep. they're coming here and saying fuck your rules we'll just buy cash yeah. well and it's <laughs> it makes sense for them because yeah. their money where in whatever country it is they yeah. can't earn the same appreciation yeah. so they're using canada as so a it's really confusing yeah. as to what 
the market's going to do and yeah. what the government's going to do because there's so many people here. Like you, you guys are OGs at Mississauga and it's nowhere near what it used to be even no, five years no. ago, <laughs> not even, not even five years no. ago. So it's, it's, it's interesting, but I think people like you guys will always survive. Doesn't freaking matter. We hope so. Yeah. We're survivors, we so. man. Yeah. yeah. We hope so. We're, and, little, uh, we're little, we're little hustlers from high school days. You yeah. Know that's what so. I think we all have in common when I'm, you know, the, the, the premise of the podcast being everyday entrepreneurs, that's who I, this is the epitome of what I like to hear. Like these stories of like, I heard a story that you used to sleep in your office <laughs> like, True, so, and then just, yeah. just grind it out. And well, then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it was, there was, a, we, I mean, the truth is, is I had a heart attack in April because, and I'm only 39 years old. I had a heart attack. I mean, you're not supposed to have a heart attack at 39 and I'm sure there was lots of reasons why I had it, you know, family history. I was smoking cigarettes for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but I worked from, 10 a.m. to 4 a.m. I mean, that was my shift for probably Holy 10 shit. solid years. And yeah. I mean, you work, you you get up at 10. You know, and the only reason you're getting up at 10 is because you at least need your body to get like five, six hours sleep. You would get up, I would wake up at 10. And then as soon as you wake up, it's literally on the phone, checking your emails. Um, you know, probably six o'clock, my wife would bring me some food. I'd take a little break. Um, and then I would back start back up again. And uh that's next level. You know, oh, man, you'd see emails coming in at 12, 1. I, we would, I'd go into the office once in a while, and there'd be a note on Dave's office, wake me up by 9.30. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you just have to – I mean, that was, that was certainly hardcore. That yeah. helped, um, you know, probably help having those extra man hours in there. But, you know, from a health lifestyle, it was terrible for me. Yeah. I mean, it was – you know, I've probably done 400 all-nighters in the last decade – and so that's probably 30, 40 all-nighters a year. I mean, that is, I can tell you as the self-proclaimed all-nighter king that that's very bad on your body. You feel yeah. it. Like, I mean, the next day or for the next days, yeah. you feel those all-nighters. I mean, they, they, they add up and they take a lot of years off you. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, entrepreneurs, yes, it's great, overwork. You know, the other thing is, um, I think now in hindsight is having some balance yeah. You know, I had, there was zero balance there, you know, um, zero, zero balance, uh, literally. But I'm happy you survived, really happy alive. you survived, man. Yeah, <laughs> taking better care of your health now and balancing it out. Yes, well, and if it wasn't for a guy like Dan, I couldn't balance it. Yeah. Or some of the people at my office that have really stepped up their game um, because I yeah. don't do that anymore. I mean, I, yeah, I good just for you. stopped. Um, yeah. You know, it's at this point. Yeah, you could have went ten a.m. to like one a.m. <laughs> Even then, I would hate. Yeah, that, that was now. pretty. I, yeah, I would hate yeah. that now. But no, I mean, it, it definitely every entrepreneur should know that um, some hard work. There, there is there is hard work, but there is a price. So balance yeah. is is a key thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like I, it's funny because like I look at you and I'm like, man, this guy's he's 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 out surfing and he's doing all these cool things, and yeah. I admire that. As another, as an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur, be like, I like that you're able to do things like that, and that your job or your business doesn't, isn't the thing that drives every single minute of your day. Yeah, it did for a while, and um, I just got to a point where I'm like, I'm meeting all these really, really wealthy people, and I'm like, wait a minute, some guys make ten million dollars, they're not happier than the guy that makes five hundred thousand or one million. Some of them are miserable. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like, you know what you what you kind of see, especially now it's even worse with Instagram and social media. Yeah. You think that someone who makes ten million dollars is ten times happier than someone who makes a million dollars, which is 
totally not the case at all. It's perception, yeah. Yeah, and sure. it's almost like they're you gotta find that balance, man. Yeah, or you gotta find what's actually this is super corny. You gotta find what actually genuinely makes you yes. happy. Yeah. And it's and it's sometimes it's not I mean, most of the time it's not money. For a small little bit of a high, you'll have a lot of money and you'll be like, Oh, this is fantastic. I can buy all the cars, sneakers and houses and shit that I want. But then it goes away and you're like, wait a minute, yeah. I gotta do this again. Yeah, you will once you're in the car so many times that novelty wears off. I mean, yeah, totally. You know, once people have seen you in it, you know, the novelty yeah. wears off. I mean, yeah, that stuff that stuff it's it's fickle. But at a certain age in your life or a certain position that you are in your life, yeah. those things can yeah. seem important. Yeah. Um, I know when we were kids it was always like I wanted to get a Mercedes. That was the yeah, car. Yeah. I, I felt I was like, I gotta get always. a Mercedes. I always yeah. that for some reason I was fixated on that. And, uh, you, you know, feel? you get yeah. it. And then once you get it, you know, after about a year, you're like, okay, well, yeah. this is really not like, do I need, do why I need did I really one? want Yeah, now, yeah, like, now what, like, what, what I'd happens rather just this? have a pickup truck, I'd rather have something <laughs> more practical. Like I have a cottage, so I think I should get a truck, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it's just, it's just weird. Like once you get those things, yeah. um, they don't necessarily make you happy. No. Right? And, I, and it's so cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. And uh, and that's, you know, I started speaking at some schools and stuff. And I try to explain that to, to kids and students. I'm like, guys, I'm the epitome of it. Like, yeah. and then everyone will look at you crazy when you, you, I used to live in a rental building with my other cousins. And now I do whatever the fuck I want. I travel three, four, five yeah. months of the year. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, I don't want any of this stuff that I think I wanted before. Yeah. Uh, like I'll travel for three months and with like one pair of shoes and four tank tops and four t-shirts and then come back home. You're like, why do I have 30 pairs of fucking sneakers? What the fuck's wrong with me? You know, like, and um, yeah, so that took a lot of like, even, even now I still get confused by like, what the fuck am I doing? Am I doing this stuff for other people or am I doing this stuff for myself? And, and, you know, being in school and not being good at school, the opposite of you. I think as I got older, I got worse. I would go to school and not go to class. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. And then, uh, and then but then whenever everyone, everyone would doubt me, I'd be like, watch me do something. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like, you're going to a job and I just made a hundred bucks in while I'm in class yeah. or while I'm in school. Doubters are always good fuel. I yeah. And that's, that's definitely, I, I, I love that. I love, I yeah. love being doubted. But I think this is different. People need to be the personality that likes challenges. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to doubt me, that's a challenge. And that's and a now, natural thing from you guys from hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah like from sure. hockey oh, yeah, at a young from, age. From sports. I mean, you just yeah. you know, bring it. Like, let's yeah. I'll see. Right? As the best outlet for me as a kid. Yeah. A way to, like I said, I wasn't great in school. I wasn't, I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I, my parents are amazing. Don't get me wrong. But I was yeah. definitely a challenging kid for my parents. You're a up. shithead. Like, but we're all shit. <laughs> the one place I could shine was sports because yeah. I was always you know I mean I was yeah. I was always bigger than yeah so I could you know I, I was physically dominate physically dominate baseball hockey so it was sports awesome. for me were huge and it, exactly, yeah. and it helped sort of get my focus in that competitive and it gives nature. you confidence too yeah, and definitely you know especially those are team sports and you got to understand your sure. role you got to know what you're good at you, you know and the higher the level you get yeah. pushed and yeah. you notice like you know it, it that stuff goes on to your next Definitely. life in terms of yeah. just your adult life because um, you got to know how to go beyond your limits a yes. bit, yeah. right? And, you and if you push. don't, if yeah, if you're just doing 
you know, and having those coaches that would push you and push you and push you. When they it's see funny because kids these days, their parents would be like, he's pushing the kid too hard. Uh, yeah. And it's like, Nine yeah, you don't get it. That's what's about to build his character. If you he's got, got any, that's so about, true. and yeah. you're not, they're not letting them do that. You they're, know, it's too aggressive or it's mean. And, you know, there's all this, it's so true. cares there's, about the kid's feelings at that age. And it's like, yeah. but. They're, and I don't, I'm not against that. I am. I don't want to <laughs> you know what, though? It's funny. There's a guy on YouTube that I've watched. I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a plug. Simon Sinek. And okay. he does, uh, he does a, a... I know the name. I think he wears speeches. glasses. Yeah. And he did yeah. a thing on... It's a book he wrote, Start With Why. It's about marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. But he does a really good speaking on, you know, this generation of sort of people that enter the workforce and things like that. And just to touch on Dave's point... Uh, I don't want to quote him verbatim because I know I'll get it wrong, but the general premise is that, you know, with that sort of attitude and and just the way that, you know, we are in sports now and competition and stuff, it's, it's, it's breeding sort of a generation of people that aren't taught what it's like to fail. Yeah. How to deal with failure and how important that is to people's, you know, progression in life and, and, and ability to learn and, 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 and build on that. It's so crucial to people in dealing with failure. And I think sometimes we focus more on protecting people from that and feelings and this and that, where, you know, in time you, you, you know, you may be doing more damage. Yeah. I was going to say like, what are you protecting? You're protecting him from his feelings now, but then later on in life, it gets harder. It's life doesn't get any easier when you get into the work force and not everyone gets paid the same because i love exactly. every, everyone gets oh, uh, from first place to 15 place yeah. you all get the yeah, same, you get the same it's like, trophy well, wait a second in the real world the difference is is based on your pay yeah, yeah so the value I mean, you and bring performance yeah, and your, your performance your value so what, what we just want everyone to make the same amount of money and, and yeah. just to be fair i mean that how is that that's yeah. going to breed a very, very, very sad society, Absolutely. you know, in a very totally sad agree. world. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, and obviously there's a baseline of like human rights and all that sure. stuff. We'll get into that debate, but I totally agree with you. I don't believe in like 12 page tro- trophies and shit. Fuck that. There's one MVP and yes. that's a real thing. Like, And by the way, you know what's weird? Like, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. you know what? If you weren't like, when I, when I grew up, like if someone else was a better player, like at the end of the year when they'd give out those trophies you and be like, this was the that. player, this yes. was our MVP of the team. It was okay. I'm happy for that dude, but you know what? It drove now me for the 100%. next year. I just want to go and I want to get better and yeah. I want to beat that guy. 100%. And I want to. It breeded this yeah. competitive fire, and it wasn't. It wasn't a negative thing. No. Me and that guy weren't fighting. No, you know, it was just I wanted to get as good or yeah. better than him. You know what? And then if I did, then that guy probably the next year would have tried harder. And it it really built out for pro- sure. productivity. You know, totally what I mean? agree with you. 100%. And that's a weird thing that that's not happening as much these days yeah. or it's looked down upon because now i yeah. feel bad because I've, I've even heard of people like they're getting the first place trophy and like the parents are saying to the kids like don't like don't show it off don't whatever it's called these yeah. other kids you know and it's like whoa wait well you gotta show pride you, know, you, what, gotta you just also, worked hard yeah you gotta take in that you gotta yeah. soak it in and get feel what success feels like yeah because if you can't feel and what success work. feels like why are you gonna want to go and keep doing more of it yeah you know very weird that is crazy this, this weird i didn't even know about that part of like the first place and don't shame the weird the, the eh? losers yeah, or, yeah yeah no no don't don't show it up and it's like no i you know, this when is we your were moment. kids and that kid celebrated and you know, because Dan and I still talk and be like, man, I hated playing against this one guy. And he'd <laughs> yeah. be like, I hated it too because he yeah. was so good. And I'd be like, yeah. yeah, man, he was a tough guy to hit. Every time I hit him, he wouldn't go down, you know, and you would, but that, For sure. that would make yeah. me want to go home and be like, hey, I got to go lift weights. Like I got to get stronger. Yeah. I want to take that guy down. You know, like that doesn't exist. I, I don't want to say it doesn't exist, but I'm, 
you know, but it's softened up does, a lot. It's a lot different, man. It's it's we've it's gone just, from a from an 80-20 where there's the 20% that are great, and then, and then now it's shifted. And the, the 80% want to feel like they're yeah. great, and the 20% are being ostracized. Yeah. And I yeah. think yeah. those good. people are being well, in time, they're being shorted for sure. On well, it's not gonna, you know, I, the worst part about it is to this topic is that's that I don't believe is gonna bring in a lot of new entrepreneurs. No, I right? agree with you. I and really the, and the ones that ignore that shit are the ones that are gonna succeed. Like very likely. Very because likely. The, like we've been in a strong economy for a long time. And even when 2008 hit, I remember and you know, I still did well, but yeah. I remember like very, you know, I had a lot of family members losing their jobs and shit. Sure. And I was like, holy shit, this is real. Yeah. You know, and that's the real world. Shit won't always be yeah. like what it is right now where, and I made it, I've heard, I don't know where I first heard it, uh, but I make a joke about it now where like, like all the stuff people complain about in in our country, in Canada, in the United States, it's because the world's really easy to live in right now. You know, if, if someone loses a job, the economy drops, or there's a fucking war, mm-hmm. ain't nobody complaining about 12th place trophies or my son <laughs> being hurt because your son got first. You're going to live. You're going to try to survive. You're yeah. going to do what you need to do. But yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's soft. And it yeah. actually it reminds me of like, I don't even remember how many people would not or close a door on my face when I used to door knock. But I remember the seven people that did. I would door knock for four hours. and I That's would get, my point is you, yeah. gotta, you have to learn to deal with that, yeah. with that failure, yeah. right? And you have, to, you, have to, you have to understand emotionally that it's, it's you know, nothing your feelings to do with get hurt yeah. and things like that. And that's okay. But that's just every opportunity like that is just a place to build character. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let it give you energy instead of, I mean. Yeah, you know, it's make you, you scared. Take, sure, take it to heart if you want. But then more you think about it, you realize, okay, well, there's nothing I can do. To yeah. change you know how this all reacted but i can certainly change my mindset and be like Absolutely. okay well he slammed the door on my face that sucked it felt bad what could i do yeah to maybe nab that not happen is there a different approach i can take yeah. you know what and then over time you might realize okay well my i changed my approach it worked on a couple of these people a couple of people that didn't okay well now i'm able to say okay well there is a, a certain group of people that are not going to change and i have to just yeah. deal with that absolutely and understand that that's how the world works and not everything's going to conform into this nice yeah. mickey mouse and teddy bears not situation. Every, yeah, everyone's and not your you, friend. you become smarter so wiser yeah. you know and it just from an entrepreneurial standpoint it helps you understand okay these are the segments of people I'm going to attack and try yeah. to work with. I'm going to stay away from those types yep. of people. You know, if yeah. Dan was to come to me and say, you know, here's this type of client, what would you do? You know, I'd be like, well, I already kind of know based on all of our experiences, this is likely how this scenario is going to end up. Yeah. Probably wasting our time. Let's put our, our focus more on something else. Yeah. But you can't learn that if you're not getting door slammed in your face. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, like, yeah. it's almost like a stand-up comedian, you know, fine-tuning their performance yeah. and their jokes because oh, you got to risk going up on stage and having them bomb and having yeah. everybody stare at you and walk off the stage embarrassed to get to the point where you yeah. have this finely-tuned, you know, performance or whatever your specialty is. Yeah, so, this yeah. is the Are first you- time I'm going to say this out like, in public i've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian for sure and uh what someone scary though it is yeah. so that's what so what someone told me that was a professional stand-up comedian it wasn't like a netflix special type stand-up comedian but he was successful in his own right but he told me he's like dude it's not about one you could be a stand-up comedian if you can make your friends laugh you can make strangers laugh 100 you could be a stand-up comedian 
But to be a professional stand-up comedian, you need to be okay with people not laughing For at sure. your jokes. Yes. Because you're going to go up there five, ten minutes, and you're going to get one or two minutes that people yeah. laugh at. Yeah, and crickets. then are you going to have the balls to come back yeah. and make up a new 15 minutes knowing that like one or two minutes is going to be good? Yeah. yeah. Knowing the rest of it is going to be shit. And even realizing like certain areas of, of say, a country are yeah. you're going to have a different audience you know Absolutely. understanding that <laughs> totally. I mean, this this material works here yeah, exactly. it didn't yeah. work there how okay, when i when if i'm in that situation yeah. how do i yeah. fix it you know there's not a lot of succession planning i no. feel like no. that people are doing it's just Oh, that guy's successful. I'm going to follow what yeah. he does. You know, and it's but like, you don't whoa, even whoa, pay whoa. attention. That's not even naturally. Well, you, they get discouraged you know? too. Like, I mean, yeah. this is, we've been doing this for 15 years. It's yeah. a long build. I mean, yeah. I, we, the get, we meet people all the time that have been doing it for two, three years. I just want to get to where you guys are. I just oh, want to like, uh, That ain't going to happen. Do you, you want to see my 10 a.m. to 4 a.m. Yeah. sheets? Whoa, like, yeah. like <laughs> good luck. heart attack at 39? Yeah, like shit. There's a track record. It wasn't. You're right. And they see, you know, some people see the nine to five or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. the perceptual nine to five but they don't yeah. see the weekends they don't yeah. see the sundays they don't see the sleepless nights worried about clients deal they don't see that's all the that. behind the scenes For the sure, real man. entrepreneurs the behind the scenes that no one sees yeah. that's what makes it everyone just sees they'll see number one and they'll see you know you yeah they think you're making lots and lots of money and uh you know not that that's a bad thing to no. want to get into something but it's that's that's just the end result. It's hard yeah, work. Being you gotta hard, just hard work you and put yourself out there, man. And you gotta, yeah. you know, there's gonna be failures along the way.